0: Hi. This is a Conversations with Creatives podcast for Opus. If you're a regular listener, you might know we're currently discussing the power of art and navigating a George Bernard Shaw quote. He said, Imagination is the beginning of creation. You imagine what you desire, you will what you imagine, and at last you create what you will. Last month, we kicked things off speaking with four artists about that first step by imagining endless possibilities. This time, we're discussing putting our vision into practice. If we will what we imagine, and we create what we will, what does it take to develop our vision, especially when contending with a constantly evolving reality? Can daily practice and routine ground us? What other tips can artists provide to help us navigate such rapid change? In this episode, I'm really excited to be speaking with the immensely talented Cory Creed and Ian de Hogue, alongside Frederick's brand ambassador, Nico Saturnus Marciallo. We'll be delving into some of the techniques that can be employed to develop and execute our vision, as well as covering more thoughts and tips on practice. Corrie Creed is an established West Coast Canadian painter who captures the drama and emotion of coastal landscapes by immersing herself and viewers in the spontaneity and unpredictability of nature. Born in Vancouver, Corrie studied fine art at Simon Fraser University and design at Capilano College. Her work has been placed in various private and corporate collections across Canada. She currently lives and paints out of her home and studio in West Vancouver, and has been represented by the Bowery Gallery since 2011.
1: My name is Cory Creed, and I am primarily a painter and sculptor, but I also employ any medium um, in order to communicate. So most of my paintings are landscapes because I spend so much time outdoors. It's it's become the vehicle for expression. I work quite large, so most of my work is done in the studio. I do get to go out every once in a while and do plein air, but generally it's um, out walking around or climbing and and taking photos, um, occasionally sketching, but generally photos, and then coming back to the studio and um, starting with some of that material, but then also looking at other things I might have been thinking about that day or other artists work um i might be drawn to some colors in a, a, an abstract like a completely abstract work everything you see really becomes an inspiration um but you know my my starting point is generally um either photos or memories of a place that i was in part of the whole idea of the the storytelling that i do think about while i'm painting is You know, we don't, nobody really sees things the same way. And it becomes so evident in times of conflict when you just cannot communicate with someone or you see on the news how people are just not communicating. You realize that they're just, everyone is seeing the world through layers and layers of filters um, of their experience. And so no one is actually seeing the thing the way that you are presenting it one show i did with a couple other artists was to look at the way that we um, consume and and use things and create our identity with with um, material things so for that show i did um i used photography and i i selected a few victims among my friends and they let me into their closets and i just took a picture of every single thing that they used to put on their body and that was a big you know a couple a whole bunch of big two foot by 20 foot banners that just laid out um everything that they used to create their identity and then they let me do some large uh, four foot by ten foot um or ten by four foot um paintings of them nude um, and so there was that juxtaposition in those kinds of shows it's it's really thinking hard about how how can i get this message across to someone Um, In the painting, I'm more thinking about telling my story and the way that I felt in that place. The one thing that I do try and interact with the viewer more is in creating the difference between the story and the storytelling. So I've always been drawn to um, the Impressionists, the way that you see a lot of their drafting marks or underpainting or pencil lines in their artwork. It was always something that I loved. in galleries when I was you know, as, long, as young as I can remember. So I will try in my work to create a bit of a, of a space, a three-dimensional space or stage set, and that's the story and something that people can hopefully find their own interpretation. But I also like to try and use marks that live obviously on the surface. So, you know, drawdowns of ink or, or paint or marks that disrupt that illusion of of the 3d so that it makes you think back and forth between the physical nature of painting and the mark making um, and the storytelling as well as being able to just you know ideally find something familiar in a landscape or find something interesting in a landscape for me i i personally i feel like change and evolution is is integral to art it may be that being pushed in different directions it can be a growth thing but certainly flexibility is key I think I know that I've had to switch up mediums that I'm used to as I can't get supplies and that can be very frustrating because you become you know fluent in a a certain medium and if it's gone you have to you have to just keep you have to find something else I have three kids and I have a dog now <laughs> so it's just it's just about finding time but I so I generally take the the puppy out for a hike which is good it gets me out and normally I would just crawl straight into my studio as soon as I got the kids out of the house I feel like my best work happens quickly and um, and I almost don't even remember doing it that's what I chase in my in my daily practice is how can I get myself into this flow state where where things are just coming because I have so many interruptions these days. I use I use audiobooks. That's that's my one I would say like absolute crucial thing that I have in my in my workday. And especially when I'm painting, if I'm doing more installation stuff, then then I might not want the distraction of an audiobook. But when I'm painting, I I do really want to get to that place where things almost are automatic. And the best way for me to do that is to put on an audiobook that just removes the chatter part of my brain and allows me to focus on just the it's almost unconscious active of, of painting and then also if i get a call from school and i have to leave everything and run it's it's quite disorienting sometimes but being able to come back and put that book back on helps me to get back to that the place that i was before it takes the part of my brain that's always spinning and distracting and thinking of 10 different things and it just puts it up on the shelf for a while so that the part of me that can just focus on creating the, the image and the, and the painting can, can do that. You know, as far as ad- advice on putting vision into practice, there's a lot of artists out there that feel that the nature of being an artist is that you get to wait for this lightning bolt to hit you that you know of inspiration and then you can create in this frenzy of creation and the rest of the time you just you can wait I think that the whole I mean the whole notion of practice which has always felt a little little, I don't know why it makes me think of yoga or something but it is it's practice so even if you're not inspired that day even if you don't know what you want to do just start there's times when you'll end up throwing out Half of it, but you're learning and you're growing and, and so you can't look at it as a as a waste. You just have to keep keep working and keep pushing.
0: Frederick's brand ambassador, Nico Saturnus Mochello, is a visual artist, writer and designer whose creative production spans traditional and digital techniques of painting and sculpture.
2: My name is uh, Nico. I am a visual artist, uh, writer, and a designer, um, creative director and co-founder of an experimental design studio called Hyperform. Um, I've been a practicing artist my whole life, um, probably since I was old enough to hold a crayon. I've been, uh, I guess you could say a professional artist, whatever that really means, Um, somebody who sells art, I guess. Uh, for the last four years, you, you've caught me at an interesting time here because I'm, you know, four years is basically the equivalent of going to art school. So, in some ways, as a professional artist, I like to think of it in terms of like I, I just finished school. So, the last four years has been very much about experimentation and kind of trying to feel my way through what I'm trying to do um, as a human being, what I'm trying to contribute as a man. And what I'm trying to do as a creative and artist and how that's going to be affecting the culture that I'm both creating and being created by. I try to focus on classical themes. I try to focus on the same kinds of subjects that have always moved humanity forward and the kind of tidal sweep of human emotion in in a world that's really beautiful and brutal. Most of my ideas start from mythological references i tend to look at themes of contrast within that framework as well so different emotional states and different cultural contexts all mixed together um so i usually start with that i start more from the the perspective of feeling the emotion of the piece and what i'm trying to say through that i think mythology points to timeless truth there's a reason that we never get tired of hearing some version of the the hero saving you know slaying the dragon we never get tired of the same mono myths that um authors like joseph campbell identified or uh, carl young archetypal studies that he did into mythology point to timeless truths we're not talking about the the actual narrative or story we're talking about the timeless truths that underpin all of these stories and this is cross-cultural this we see this in in any culture be it you know western or or you know elsewhere in the world you know, i'm not in this to make a fashion statement um i believe in in revivifying and strengthening my own culture so the best way to do that isn't to get on facebook or instagram or whatever and rant and rave about politics or silly shit it's it's to uh create art and and create the kind of world that you want to see as far as creative routine, um, I find most of my inspiration from reading. Music is really important to me as well. Most of my artwork is based on different kinds of music. Before I even sketch anything, before I do any any sketching on, you know, pen and paper or my iPad or whatever the case may be, I'll sit down and build playlists and just kind of get into the flow and get into the vibe of, of you know, what does the music feel like? And I find that like separating myself from the the need to have An exacting visual outcome is usually the best way to get started i'm a huge fan of the the the, like it's just the humility and discipline of the daily practice that the, the old masters like michelangelo used to do um i'm i'm huge on discipline i'm huge on repetition the creative practice i don't think there's anything really glamorous about it a lot of people try to dress it up and make it seem sexy at the end of the day it's just hard work it's just filling sketchbooks it's trying new techniques It's having the discipline to be comfortable not being good at something until you are good at it. Um, You know, I I don't really enjoy not being good at stuff. So um, if I'm going to pick something up, I I tend to commit to it until I'm good enough to know that it is either is or is not for me. Um, So my, my daily practice just looks like, um puritanical discipline (laughs) that's about it there's there's no uh i don't really have any secret tricks everybody looks for a life hack i think these days to try and shortcut expertise and uh, find a shortcut up the mountain to mastery and there is none it's uh the the journey is what creates it so daily practice just you know be my advice to any younger artists or anybody who's picking up art for the first time is just do it every day even the days you don't want to especially those days if in doubt, just draw from life, draw the things around you draw. Um, I'll tend to, to focus on things that, that I find are difficult for me. so I've, I've filled sketchbooks with drawings of hands and face positions, um, different you know the body contorted into different positions. And when you do that enough, eventually you get comfortable being able to express absolutely anything and then it becomes more intuitive at that point just whatever comes to mind to draw. These turbulent times, like we're, we're living in a time, we, we've always lived in times of change. Uh, all we had to do is look back in history to see how many times people thought the sky was falling and the world was ending, but it didn't. It, you know, we're all still here. But the difference now is that we see it all, right? We're, we're there, there's media 24-7, so we're it, it, it is changing quickly. We've developed this godlike sense of alienation through technology that yet, ironically, none of us can live without. You know, we're concerned about isolation and these things, but the the interesting thing is, you know, being able to face all of those challenges, I pr- I think provides, you know, very fertile soil for creative imagination. All greatness has its roots in sorrow, right? There's there's never never been a time of history that there hasn't been grief and misery and human suffering, and we rise to meet it. And that, for me, is why. I like I keep going back to the mythological reference and the mythological ideals because those are what create the roots of culture. Um, without that, we have we have nothing, right? So I think being able to lean into the change and being able to face it with courage and not run away from it and not try to stick our heads in the sand and pretend that it's not going to happen if we just wish it to be so um but instead move towards it like advance in the face of uncertainty and fear and and if you don't like what you see around you create something different if you don't like the art you see make better art if you feel that something is missing in the world that's probably a calling to bring it into existence so i think we're living in the best possible time for somebody to become an artist or a creative or a designer musician i mean that's what the world needs right now it doesn't need another politician telling everybody how they should feel about you know somebody's race or gender or vaccines or whatever we have right it needs people who are actively taking a hand in creation i think we're in the perfect time of human history to do that
0: last but definitely not least ian de hogue is a canadian watercolorist and instructor whose creative career began via photography However, it was during a brief stint studying architecture that a physical love of painting manifested. Whilst primarily self-taught, Ian's paintings have been exhibited in solo and group exhibitions and are included in a growing number of private collections around the world.
3: My name is Ian De Hogue. Um When I was starting with watercolor, I was primarily interested in, in more of the urban scenes and streetscapes, um, that sort of stuff. But I also kind of had this little side passion where I've kind of always been interested in birds since I was a little kid. And it was always kind of, I don't know if I'd call it my dirty little secret, but it was kind of things that I would work on on my own. And if I was out giving demos or teaching, it wouldn't be the focus of anything that I would um, put out there. But um, the, the secret got out and I started being asked to, to teach um, the birds and it just started kind of snowballing in effect and uh, now I would say a bulk of what I've been painting over the last couple of years has been bird and now lately um, more animal. Most of what I do if not all of my finished paintings are based upon some form of a reference. This is where the, the photography background comes in handy. And I'm I'm you know, I'm no Franz Lanting or any other esteemed national geographic level wildlife photographer, but when the the ends is a painting, I'm really not too concerned with the overall depth of field and all that kind of stuff. I'm really just looking for um interesting poses maybe a little bit of a color reference as a starting point for for um so it's kind of a, a war of attrition with a camera lens to just gather material i mean watercolor uh, as a medium it's for me a little uh, unpredictable at times and and that is one of the things that i really like about it right we're dealing with with liquid on paper um and additional liquids into liquids so there are things that I can control, and then there are things that I can't. I know that, that I can be prone to uh, getting stuck into the details, the tiny little bits and things, and that fights a bit with what I like in a watercolor painting, which generally is something a little bit looser. So I always have this little conflict where my eye goes to all the little things, but my heart just wants to kind of abandon them and just start splashing paint around. And trying to find a balance of those two so that I can, I think, lean more towards something a little bit looser. I've had to kind of come about a process that that A, gives me a concrete way of looking at a subject, um, figure out what I'm going to do and then move forward with it while still having some spots along the way that, that I get to put some input into, um, I can relax a little bit, uh, I don't have to you know, worry so much about focusing on the little details because it's a process that I can repeat and it's greater than 50% of the time. Going to be successful rather than um, going for the individual hues and things like that. My approach now is: I'll sit there and I'll look at a reference and I'll go for what is the overall feeling of the the hue that I'm seeing. Right? What a, basic qualities? Really, just trying to narrow it down. What strikes me? Right? When they say. Uh, what off the top of your head, first impressions, that kind of thing. I'll also spend a little bit of time, you know, doing a quick little thumbnail drawing. Um, Not so much lately, but there definitely was a point where I was doing that quite a bit, just to get an overall sense of how I might um, convey the values. From that point, it's creating a, a very basic line drawing. I don't draw a lot of detail on there, again, for reasons that I sort of alluded to earlier, the more detail I draw, the more things I feel like I need to fill in. Um, and by keeping it loose with the line drawing and very simple, uh, I am forced to do a lot of those decisions with the brush as I go. Sometimes we, you know, we have this, this notion that we need to see significant increase in, in capability and output or it's not worthwhile, but I would rather, you know, even a fifth of a percent or half of a percent really doesn't matter on a daily basis as opposed to doing nothing for a couple of months and then hoping for you know a 5% or a 10% increase. I'm going to get a lot more out of the daily incremental pieces. Um, So in thinking that way, it became a lot easier for me to say, okay, well, you know, I'm really busy and teaching. I mean, there's something to be learned in that process as well. Um, But if i can just find you know 5 minutes 10 minutes even if it's just you know adjust your drawing or a continuous you know a continuous line drawing really anything it's going to be something incrementally and that made it a lot easier for me to to do something daily
0: I'd like to thank Corey, Nico and Ian for taking time out of their busy schedules to talk with me. Don't forget, we've got our annual Opus Daily Practice Challenge happening throughout the month of February. I hope this episode has provided you with some inspiration and motivation to take part, hone some techniques and expand and execute your vision further. Tune in next month for our final episode on the power of art. We'll be hearing from another selection of established voices whilst discussing creating a path towards change. Till then, thanks for listening.